dogs in the yard Might need a guard Every loss taken to heart Me first, that cannot be Must be these underdog episodes, see? Feeling much better, so suddenly Under the Monica, Monica G Crafted at night while all of them sleep I won't look a fool Taking this tool, defeating the opposition around me No, no, I'm not sorry Yes, I'm taking this knowledge and party Just barking, no harm, don't be startled Yes, I'm taking the title And it's so vital Thanks for the ride, I'll never be idle Turn up the dial, it's about to get wild And the points go Dallas the underdog bite down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Dallas the underdog bite down Up at the day and the night now Easy as flying a kite now Come take a look at it right now Hey everyone, welcome to episode 139 of Dynasty Underdog. I'm your host, Jerry Dawkins. With me today, Billy Beeman. What's up, dude? Not much, man. Excited to get into not one. Oh, I kept it going again. I looped it. I looped it's it. It's okay. <laughs> not one, but two prospect profiles, so I'm stoked. Stoked. Should be good. A little uh, Friday afternoon streaming, so it's a little different for us, but we made it happen. How was, uh, how was Passover and all the uh, activities and events? <laughs> Whatever we got to do to be here, right? We make it happen. Uh, Passover was... Passover is good. It's family time, you know. It's fun. It's good to get together with everybody, and uh, yeah, awesome. Well, let's hop into it. So, Tyree Kill says he wants to retire in three years. I think he said what after the twenty-five season. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because I mean, it might just be kind of on timeline for a guy like him, right? That'll be what yeah. ten years, I think he said. So it's not like it'd be like out of the ordinary. Wow, ten seasons and he retires. So it may just be saying something that you know we all should expect that said i think what it does for us in the dynasty world is is pretty unique and it's fun because it to me it's a buy low opportunity on tyreek right because somebody's going to be scared away and we're actually going to talk about it in a little bit um in the trade section but you know some people are going to be scared away from tyreek and if you play dynasty in a three-year window i don't think you mind dynasty uh tyreek hill on your team scoring you a ton of points in those three years and then somebody else brought up a good point maybe in the either in the dff uh, discord or in the, the dynasty underdog discord that he could change his mind at 20 at, at, you know at 25 years old what if he is on a team that is going to make a super bowl run the next year like is he just going to bow out now like i don't think so no yeah it, it is possible that he could play longer than that but like as you said before like i think that's kind of like the expectation when he's going to be of a certain age um you kind of you kind of expect that anyway it is cool it is a really cool uh opportunity for us to kind of game around that and kind of see what right. the managers in their other leagues are thinking if they're scared this is definitely a buy low yeah absolutely what is this uriah hates ar but <laughs> like trey lance <laughs> no that's good now i'm just writing sentences out just to piss <clears throat> you off now I, I don't know like i i think it's funny because you you seem to be interested in trey lance who is a quarterback who is unproven coming out of college not not really great you see him throw a slow motion ball on Twitter and you're like, Oh boy, I'm back. I'm buying in. But Anthony Richardson goes top four and you're like, this guy stinks. <laughs> <laughs> well, to my defense, I'm mostly uh, what do you want to say? Hyperbole or flippant. Like my comments made on Twitter are not uh, always that most serious. <laughs> not to be taken seriously. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, Trey Lance is whatever. Right. So like, I, I root for the guy. Do I think he's going to be good? Probably not. Um, I also don't think Anthony Richardson's going to be good, so it is what it is. I was just playing around, but, you know, it, it is good to see uh, Trey Lance out there throwing a ball, you know. Good for him. Who would you rather we have? haven't seen that very often, so. Who would you rather have, Trey Lance or AR right now? Uh, whoever's cheapest. <laughs> wow. What a, what a cop out of an answer. I love it. 
<laughs> okay, well done. I, I can't. I, you know, I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. I mean, it's the truth. <laughs> I do. I have the 103 in console wars, and I feel like I'm gonna have to be forced to trade out of 103 or take mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson, and I don't really want to do either. So, yeah. 103 in console wars, three copy. I mean, you never know. You might want to hold on to the pick until, until it. You know, you're on the clock because. In that league, like it, somebody could fall. You never know. Really yeah. could happen. All right, Rashid Shahid. This is a good tweet. Yes, I so. felt like it, I felt like we needed to talk about this. Uh, I, I I did a sleeper video for DFF, and Rashid Rashid, uh, Rashid Shahid was actually one of the features in there. Uh, I really like him a lot. He's somebody who like Jake in the Discord talks about all the time. He's just one of these peripheral players who kind of just doesn't get any love, but I thought this was a really cool tweet at QBL Ryan yards per route run among rookies since 2007, 150 route minimum one Martavis Bryant with 2.76 Odell Beckham, 2.75 AJ Brown, 2.67 Justin Jefferson, 2.66 number five Rashid Shahid, 2.59 last year uh, yards per route run. So he's producing when he gets, when he's running routes, really he produces when he's on the field and that's what you want. <laughs> it's exciting. Yeah, and to compete with Chris Olave for targets and to be really outproducing a little bit down the stretch. Uh, you know, Ryan Heath, he goes on to say the path that an undrafted free agent who was first hit a 70% route share in week 13 and outperformed Chris Olave after that plays a full-time role this year. It seems very possible, and it's practically free to draft him and find out. That's the important part. Nobody's holding on to your feet to the flames to go and acquire Rashid Shahid. Like he's totally worth a gamble. Like if you don't want to spend that third round pick, like in the rookie draft, you could probably just go get Rashid Shahid for that third, easy. And with the first year peripheral uh, performance, like he had, like that, like that's a really good gamble. He's undrafted free agent. He probably won't pan out, but it's definitely worth the gamble. Yeah, that's a good way to put it too. I mean, definitely manage your expectations with him for sure. But very cheap, very very cheap in dynasty. You can get him for virtually nothing, I imagine, or as a throw in on a deal late in, in startup drafts. So definitely a guy to target because I think he's gonna have a lot more value than he does now throughout the year i mean and possibly has a quarterback upgrade there so i don't know necessarily if terry Carr really is that much of an upgrade over andy dalton but we all kind of expect it will be so something else to keep in mind yeah let's give Derek Carr some credit at least right now in his career i think he's yeah. a little better but it's definitely uh a step up andy dalton <laughs> <laughs> slightly improved andy Dalton. slightly improved right yeah uh, all right, uh, Pat's trade talk around Mac Jones. Like, you're a Pat's fan. Is this something that you knew about until like, quote unquote, the news broke, or is it something that you even see? Like, like it didn't seem like to me anything that like they would be wanting to do that. I mean, I saw somebody mention it was like, okay, trying to trade Mac Jones in the NFL is kind of like trying to put Mac Jones on the dynasty trade block in one QB. It's like, I just don't, I don't feel like there's a trade market for him. And then if there was, what's Belichick? planning to do there so i don't know you're more keyed in on the pats so i was just kind of curious yeah i mean there's not like with the patriots they obviously don't let much out you know so i mean this didn't come out until the owners meetings so it's not like something was floating around or anything like that with that said you know there's ways that like it can work out for mac it just depends like i there like i imagine that there could be a trade with lamar right where you send mac and a 24 pick 24 first right? That's essentially the two first, they get a quarterback and then like, at least he gets another shot, you know? So there's like, I think there's a chance like where it, where it works out for him. Like, I don't see it in New England personally, just with like how shaky Belichick is on it. They ask him if he's the starter and Belichick's like, 
he's a starting QB in this league. It's not yeah. like he's our starter. You know what I mean? And and they're talking about, you know, little whispers of Lamar and all that stuff. So, um, I mean, even some people in the media there are talking about Aaron Rodgers, them possibly swooping in and grabbing Aaron Rodgers instead. So there's like a lot of a lot of stuff that's going on there. I just don't like for me with and I've been <laughs> I've been on this train since essentially we drafted Mac Jones, but I'm just kind of out. Like I want to move on from him. I'm definitely not buying, but if you are a believer, I'm, I'm sure his value is as, is as low as it's ever been. Yeah, absolutely. Like that quote from Bill Belichick, like he's a starter in this league. He's exactly the type of comment I'd put in a trade offer trying to send Mac Jones away in dynasty. <laughs> like, you know, Hey man, he's a starting quarterback. Like I need a first for him. Easy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not a lot of confidence there. <laughs> Listen, we're, we're not so far apart the fantasy community, the dynasty community in the NFL. I got to tell you. No, 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 not really. All right, this is some breaking news. It's old news, but it's new news again. Uh, Cincinnati PD has refiled charges on Joe Mixon for his aggravated menacing uh, charge. I guess we, we, we talked about this the first time. Like, you know, Joe Mixon's definitely a declining asset. Good chance that he's not going to be on the team this year. When the charges were dropped, you know, it kind of gave you, like, maybe you know uh breathe some life into him again but now that they've been refiled like i think this is just another warning sign that if you are holding Mixon, you got to try to get out or at least i think you should yeah i didn't i actually didn't hear this news that's that's not great <laughs> so <laughs> no, not. yeah I, I have to agree yeah get out for sure i'm sure people are wanting to buy low i'm sure you could you could get out for you know a second and some stuff or something like that still maybe you can get more than that i'm not sure but yeah maybe somebody didn't hear this news like me and you can just get them. You, you know, you can sell it just them happened value, like 10 minutes ago. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's crazy. I I'm surprised that I'm not, I'm surprised that happened. It's just like unusual for it to be dropped and then recharged. So yeah, that's not good news for, for mixing or mixing managers and dynasty. Definitely uh, move on if possible. All right. So a little out of order here, but let's do some trades and non-trades. Are we out of order? Nope. This is the order I wanted in at least <laughs> for, for this show. <laughs> all right let's do it all right so this is a startup or otherwise discord so it was a 106 uh preferably maybe will leave us for dk and billy's not with me but you know 106 for dk like in in a vacuum seems like decent price for dk something that i would i'd pay up for uh will leave us dropping in 106 it really would depend i guess in my opinion on whether you need a quarterback or you need a wide receiver it's kind of kind of that simple to me so what do you think yeah for me like i am so easily on the dk side here i'm kind of shocked honestly i just in general kind of what what i, I guess you know the, the discord felt and and seemingly the community feels but that I, I think we're a little low on dk like i don't understand why he had a great year last year coming back with the same quarterback another year you know to kind of develop with him together get a connection and the team altogether should be better. So I don't, I just don't know what we're doing here with DK. I think he's a great receiver, top 12 upside. Absolutely. The 106, okay, you go get Levis, who could, we're, we're ignoring, like, I, I'm not trying to kill him yet, but like, we're ignoring the fact that he could be Zach Wilson, right? Like, oh, yeah. he could easily be Zach Wilson. And we know what DK is and that he's not going to lose value short of breaking his leg or something. So uh, for me, like, I, there's not a receiver who I'd really take over DK in that range. Like, I'd rather him over Jordan Addison or any of those kind of guys. So it, it would only be for a quarterback. Understand that if you're lucky AR falls there, then yeah, sure. Maybe the upside's there, but 
Yeah, I think I'd go DK pretty easily. All right, uh, 105, 106, 107 for Justin Jefferson. I know, it's 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 an interesting one. I, I don't know which way to kind of fall on it. This isn't a deal that got done. This is just a, a deal that's out there in the ether. So I, I don't know. Like the, the I think what the hangup is, for me at least, in like if you want to move Jefferson for that, is that you're not guaranteed JSN. And I feel like in this draft, if I'm going to move Justin Jefferson, I want a shot on the best receiver in the draft because he's not guaranteed, right? He's it's still not a guarantee. And I know Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in Dynasty, you know, him in 1A, 1B with Chase. So, and then the other picks are guys who I'm not super like comfortable with or super high on where I want to like go get him. Yeah, maybe you get a quarterback like a Will Levis, and then maybe you get what, what, uh, Jameer Gibbs or Quentin Johnston or, Zach Charbonnet, like if you're really high on him, you know, something like that in the, in, with those last two picks. So it just doesn't feel super comfortable if that's what you want to do. I think I'd need like three in the top six. Yeah, that's probably the smarter route to go. It's just when you see three ones for any player, you're just kind of like, because what you drafted uh, Justin Jefferson three years ago with the 107, 108. And now mm-hmm. you have a chance to turn around and Go ahead and get the 105, 106, 107, and gamble, see if you get lucky again. So I see I see the allure to having those three first. But as you said, like we don't know. Like Two out of those three could bust. We see it every single year. But what's interesting is we just talked about it with 106 for DK. What if you trade away your Justin Jefferson, send off your 106, 107 for DK, then you have your other two picks. And now it looks like instead of random box, you have DK and two random box for Justin Jefferson. Is that still something you would do or... Hmm. No, that sounds better. Yeah, like yeah. if I was getting DK <clears throat> plus 106 and 105 or 105 and 107 or something, you know what I mean? If I could mm-hmm. manage, like, obviously it would be my doing of getting those picks and trying to move the, the six or seven pick, right? That's the idea and getting getting DK. So yeah, I would love that if I can, if I could, talk, I mean, I guess I could talk to the DK manager and say, hey, would you take 106 or seven for DK straight up? And if said yes, then I could go and get that deal done. And then I would feel a lot better about it. So I mean, that's an that's an interesting way to approach it for sure. Cool. Yeah, I like that. Okay. okay so we both agree though that there's a little something missing there, right? Like it's a fair deal. There it is just because it's a fair deal. Yes, but we know that Justin Jefferson is so good, right? Still so young, just been falling out since his cleats touched the field, and all you're doing is you're looking at three really shiny boxes. We're not talking about 109, 110, and 112. You know, these are high pedigree picks and if you nail them like that could really change your team for the next three four years yeah. but if you end up with zach wilson and like laquan treadwell or you know i mean there's there's so many misses and when yeah. you already hit on a guy like justin jefferson it's like really hard to let go but seeing those three first it's like yeah you draft quentin johnson and you end up with cordell patterson you know it, it could happen it's like but then he <laughs> then then it becomes useful six years later all right. The next one is is a Discord question. Guys trying to shop, I think, Tyreek based on this news. And he reached out, sent some offers, and they were all rejected. Probably just overvaluing. And he said that he got an offer for somebody who's interested that a 21 first and a player like Pickens, a 24 first and a player like Pickens for Tyreek. I still think that's kind of cheap for a guy like Tyreek who's going to be playing three years. And just producing, uh, you know, top ten seasons every year, but 
I think if you're trying to get on Tyreek, depending on what your team is doing, a player like Pickens, maybe not Pickens exactly, but a player like Pickens in a 24 first, seems like an okay deal to go ahead and move on. Ta-da! He's back. Thank God. I'm not very good at the solo thing. I just staring like a deer in the headlights. Well, it's okay. It's all good. They'll forgive you because it's my fault. Ty- How do you feel about first it? for Reek. Yeah. I, well, we talked about this a little bit in the Discord too, right? Yeah. So I think this was a really interesting one. In the Discord, he came back. I don't know if you mentioned this, but that uh, one of our discord members offered or, or yeah offered the 24 first for reek and the guy came back and said i'm thinking george pickens and the first for reek and i'm like yeah that's still pretty cheap to me right like if i'm looking at it that way like it, he said it's it's a late first likely because his team's really good so you're thinking yeah like you may not even hit on that pick in 24 so who cares and pickens with Pickett, like the upside's not quite there like it is with with reek right who's just can absolutely dominate we've already seen this in this offense with waddle with anybody there it doesn't matter so yeah i, I think it's an easy way to th- this is just a you know an example of how you can go get tyree kill right now and, what, and how he's cheaper than he should be yeah i like it I, th- I think a deal on both sides is actually pretty good so yeah i mean the 24 first like that's a th- I, I don't know if it's late like i'm not super excited to get that i'd probably be pushing First, not that he has an earlier first because it's you know probably only has his first, but I wouldn't feel great about that. Like, I think if I was worried about Tyreek Hill, I'd feel good about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm not. Yeah. But you know. Yeah. Cool. This is a good question you posed and said, "Are we trying to beat the NFL or our league mates?" And this kind of goes back to the conversation I was kind of just uh, tweeting my way through, you know, going through the spreadsheets and then watching a little bit of film and just. The extra time that I spend doing this, trying to make my dynasty team better. And I try to say, well, you know, why don't we just wait for NFL draft? And then that kind of does most of the work for you in the first place, just go off the draft capital. But you're asking, hey, are we trying to beat the NFL or are we trying to beat our league mates? And I think that's interesting. So I feel like part of me was always trying to like, at the end of the year, trying to say, hey, the guys that I ranked in such and such order outperformed on a points per game basis than the NFL prospects were drafted by NFL teams. And like, I feel good about that, but really what good is that doing my dynasty roster? It's a good question. Right. And, and I mean, that's actually like taking it to kind of the next step where I wasn't thinking about it. Like if you're, if you're wasting time kind of fighting the wrong (laughs) opponent in that, in that way, right. Uh, Trying to defeat the wrong opponent. And I do think sometimes we get lost in that. Like, I think that's, like a lot of the times the conversation doesn't make sense to me around this because like, I don't think we're trying to beat the NFL. Like for me, while a lot, there's a ton of crossover, right. In the, in the skill sets that we're looking for and grading out for the NFL and for fantasy, they are going to be different, right? Like NFL scouts care a lot, a lot, a lot about the wide receiver blocking. I don't, right. I care about tight ends blocking. I care about running backs blocking and I weight it differently than the other traits because again, for what I'm doing, it's not as important, right? There is some crossover, but again, it just, I think we get lost in that. Like, like you just said, are we wasting time? Why don't we just let the DC do it for us? This, that, and the other. It's like the DC is going to tell us some stuff, but NFL scouts miss on guys all the time. And I like to, I, I like to just think about this example of, of Andy Reed that came up the past week or two here where I don't know if you caught this, but Andy Reed was asked about Jordan love and didn't yeah. know who he was. And that, and I'm not like here to rip on Andy Reed. But you got to think about this. These coaches, right? They and and scouts and all that. They have a specific f- 
focus, right? Whether it's a region, whether it's their team, whatever it is, and they don't look outside of that. And there's a real possibility that that the Devi folks and the Dynasty folks have a much better handle on who these kids are as a whole, right? On who they are, because they can only look at so many people, right? And people fall through the cracks and they're focused on their teams and, and all that stuff. We are literally, all we care about is the players coming in. We can look at all of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for me, it's like, there's a, there's a lot of value in this because again, you can, for me, like I get to know the whole class by doing the scouting, right? I get to find guys who I think are going to, are lower ranked in the, in the community in my dynasty leagues and all these different things that aren't being pointed out by DC that aren't being pointed out by NFL scouts beforehand or even after the fact guys slip through the cracks. So I think that there's a lot of value that isn't really connected to trying to beat anybody necessarily. It's more about knowledge, like in building your knowledge base and being comfortable with like who these guys are, knowing who they are coming into the league. Like I talked about this a lot with the effort and stuff, but like understanding the league is a big part of it. And I think that, you know, us doing these profiles and really digging in is, is more than trying to beat the NFL scouts. It actually has nothing to do with it. Yeah. I think it's something that you mentioned, I think in maybe one of our private chats, but like just going through, going through the motions of doing this one, I, I like doing it. I just was questioning whether or not it's valuable. But um, just being able to familiarize mm -hmm. yourself with these players. And I think that's something else that you kind of mentioned with the Debbie and Dynasty guys versus the NFL scouting and the regional and team needs and all that stuff. They're scouting, you know, uh, guards, centers, tight ends, yep. left tackles, yep. they're long snappers, whatever. We're focusing on running backs, wide receivers, mostly tight ends and quarterbacks. Quarterback, if, you, if you're a... a a dynasty or Debbie analyst and you think that you have some upper hand at the quarterback position versus NFL is like, <laughs> I don't believe no. you. But um, everything else, like we're, we're focused on like three main positions. So I do think it helps us um, with the down roster guys, day three guys that we are maybe more familiar with them uh, in depth than, you know, your local team. But it's a good question, man. I mean, really the answer is we should be trying to beat our league mates. And if going through these motions that we do year after year uh, gives us an edge, then yeah, I guess it is worth it. Well, it's funny because this is the this is the last thing I'll say about it, and I think this is like another crossover between real football and fantasy football. Is you're always trying to win in the margins, right? Like that's everything is winning in the margins, and it's yeah. it crosses over to us too. It's like yeah, for sure, like it's a lot of work, but having that slight edge, just like you said, over your league mates in the third and fourth rounds of your rookie drafts, and knowing that there's a guy there that should not be there, and you get him over everybody, yeah that's why you did it like that and those things matter in dynasty you may think they don't and if you're playing on you know a 50 league scale and you're playing portfolio dynasty you're listening to the wrong podcast probably because like because that's a whole different game that you're playing you're playing just like odds averages and just throwing it all out the window and doing your thing like fine but what we're doing here really trying to like analyze play it play to your league strategy you know dynasty theory like that's what it's about love it actually gets me a little more excited about dynasty <laughs> And also you shouldn't feel like you're wasting time ever. Like yeah. you enjoy the, we both, and I know you enjoy you, We both enjoy the hell out of this, but also it is not worthless. And we are helping people a ton like that too. Love it. All right. So for you guys, we have not one, but two prospect profiles on this one. Yeah. Uh, just, I was feeling a little uh, uninspired earlier. So I was like, well, we'll just do another prospect <laughs> profile. And, you know, Billy came through with a little more for us to talk about, but let's hop into it. Prospect profile, Tyler Scott, wide receiver out of Cincinnati. Yes, let's get it. 
Tyler Scott, 5'11", 185, <laughs> on a good day. I seen his weight listed anywhere between like the low 70s to low 80s. So I, I gave him a bump there, I gave him 185. Let's just say he hits the gym in the NFL and he gets there. How kind of you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, all the no- there's different numbers everywhere. You just try to be more realistic here. And a 4-3-2, so he's human. He's a fast kid. He has a 133.7 first score. That might not mean any, anything to anybody, but that does put him in the 95th percentile amongst you know, all drafted wide receivers over the last you know, 15 years. 50% contested catch rate in this class puts him fourth in the class, even at just 5'11", which is pretty cool. He has a relative athletic score of 8.85, so he hits all the marks there as far as being physical and athletic. Love to see that. Saw this on uh, somebody else's tweet, but all 14 of his career touchdowns went for 20-plus yards. Some of those were after the catch, but that's just kind of an insane stat to me. Like, that dude's getting it downfield for you. 2.2 yards per route run, which we know that the 2.0 mark is decent, good bucket. 2.5 is something I like to see. 37.6 average dominator. I've seen other places have him closer to 40, which is excellent. And this is one that I've been looking at a lot more with wide receivers. Tight ends especially, uh, hat tip to Peter Howard for pointing it out to me and how it kind of matters, but he has a QB rating when targeted of 116.9. Mm. That is very good. And looking at uh, fantasymocks.com, which is where I do most of my rookie rock, mock drafting because I don't have time to do it with real life people, um, he has an ADP of 52, putting him in the fourth round. So if this okay, is a like, dude uh-huh. that's hitting a lot of boxes, that's going to be going in the fourth round. I'd like to see if there's a good film score here. This would be one of those guys <laughs> that you were talking about kind of gives us a niche. So let's go. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. No, I'm super stoked about Tyler Scott. I did a little sleeper video. I think it was a, a short for Dynasty Football Factory YouTube page. He comes in seventh behind Jordan Addison, above Charlie Jones, uh, Tank Dell, Jaden Reed, Cedric Tillman, of those kind of players so he's he's actually up there for me honestly and i just he really impressed me just the more and more i watched him and i did this thing i do this thing where it's like if somebody impresses me i'm like all right i gotta go find the bad tape like let me keep watching you know what i mean and it just like it just kept showing up that he he knew what he was doing on the field and he's really really good wide receiver so just hopping into the tape i wouldn't say his release is exceptional but it's smooth and sharp he's a route technician in my mind the way when i watch him single moves double moves multiple releases, just different variations, whether it's a shuffle or a single move off the line. You see tons of head, shoulder fakes, start, stop is virtually instant with this guy. And you see he has the speed, that four, four, three speed, super fast, but he's also able to decelerate really quickly. It's not just like some straightaway speed. Like he uses it through his routes, right? He's, he's always, it seems like he is always at top speed, whether it's through the route, after the catch, whatever it is, he's just got a motor he's virtually instant when sitting down in zones with like comebacks and curls i think he has good size for his speed now he's obviously like a smaller frame but he is a little bit taller so i mean he he plays it seems like a little bit bigger than 511 i know that's what you said he is really good pacing on routes he has really good suddenness at the break in the branch of his routes so you don't see a ton of late separation with him and i think again it might come back to his size that he can't really pull away from defenders physically but he does play through contact pretty well, whether it's at the line or through the route. He has good catch and run transition, so really speedy. You know, right when he gets the ball in his hands, just turns and goes. He's he's got good bend, really to just you know turn corners, evade defenders with angles. A couple more notes here. I think I have. He high points the ball really well, which is something you want to see. You don't see a ton of of body catches, but he does do some of that downfield. I'm not going to say I didn't see it at all. So 
he, you know, he may need to clean that up in the NFL. I, I have seen other people kind of point that out. He does struggle with some physical press coverage, which just makes sense with his size, but he has a pretty good release. So he does get off of it sometimes. And yeah, I mean, I think, I think that really covers it. A lot of his game for me is through the routes, right? Like he's not a physically dominant receiver. He's really fast and he's not like, I wouldn't say elite after the catch, right? But he does have after the catch ability. So he's kind of a well-rounded receiver and does the things that I like really well. And that's mainly route running and able to kind of deceive defenders mid-route. So he can get himself open anytime. Love that. Tyler Lockett? Maybe. I don't know if the way he moves is is necessarily like Tyler Lockett because he's a little bit more slender and like, it just seems like he's a little more lean and taller than Tyler Lockett. They may be the same size, but Tyler Lockett is a little bit more physically kind of stout you know in my mind he's a little bit just more muscular maybe he can put on some of that muscle coming in the nfl, NFL. when he gets in a work you know when he gets in a workout room with these guys yeah cool that's pretty exciting for some guy that you could get in your fourth as of now so yeah yeah and i i see this along the kind of like romeo dobbs track the romeo you know the romeo dobbs track just that like kind of most people aren't going to notice him and then he'll get drafted somewhere in the fourth round range and then everybody's gonna be like, hmm, who is this guy? You know, and hopefully yeah. it's to a spot that is, you know, a fairly decent landing spot where where he can have a role, but that also matters. So a lot of it's gonna be DC and 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 landing spot dependent, you know, in the end. Of course. Okay. Next one, Tank Bigsby, Auburn, big dude, uh steak ass, six foot, two ten. <laughs> Runs yeah, a four five, four five six, which is plenty fast for a guy his size. College average, 5.46 yards per carry. Relative athletic score of 8.33, so it kind of checks all the boxes there. PFF, give him a grade of 90.7, which is really good. 62 career receptions. I've seen 61, but it shows he can catch the ball. Not sure if he had a lot of opportunity. Just kind of looking back at some of the Auburn teams over the last couple of years, they haven't really been great. I'm not a huge college guy, but it was pretty easy to see that they kind of sucked. His receiving yards per team pass attempt and yards per route run is very middling. So there's nothing there that really pops out on the sheets where I'm like, this guy's awesome. But I see a lot where this guy's good enough. What pops on the charts is he had 156 employee tackles, 4.1 yards per carry after contact. So it's not a guy that he's going to get down very easily. Um, must have some pretty good vision to avoid those tackles. He had a season leading Auburn in rushing and receiving, which is also a sign that that team just probably was not very good. <laughs> And They're according bad. to fantasymocks.com, his ADP in rookie drafts is 2305, which means that you get him at the background of the second round. And I think that's a really good spot for a guy that has the size and potential as a guy like Tank Bigsby. And his name is Tank Bigsby. <laughs> I mean, that's analysis right there. You can't pass on a guy named Tank unless it's Dell. But yeah. Oh, wow. Shade on Tank Dell. <laughs> Man, I wish he had a little bit more weight on him because he, he's a good route runner too. Tank Dell, but... yeah. Oh yeah, he really is. Tank Bigsby. Yeah. Tank I mean, the end of the second round is good value for Tank Bigsby. There's there's no so. doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. Like that can't really be argued, but I'm not super super high on on Bigsby. He kind of reminds me of like a poor man's Najee Harris, to be honest with you, when he runs. He's quick and light on his feet, but sometimes unbalanced. I think his gait can be a little narrow at times. He sh- he does show good change of direction. But I wouldn't describe him as laterally quick. And I think sometimes he can try to do too much instead of just getting upfield and going. And that can prevent him from you know, just gaining gaining necessary yards, yards that are just there for him. So that said, he has really good vision. Tank, Tank Bigsby does have really good vision. That's one of his strongest skill sets. He's a good in-between-the-tackles runner. 
he does run a little tall. In my experience watching, you, you, that can lead to being unbalanced or taken down more easily. But with that vision, he does have really good burst with intent, right? So he finds a hole, really good one cut back, in my opinion. That's his best runs come off of, you know, he sees a hole, makes one guy miss, and he's gone. You know, just upfield. But he's he's really doing it with a plan. Like, he knows where he's going. So, I mean, those are really good signs of, of ability that's going to translate to the NFL, you know? I would like to see more finesse in terms of like being able to get to the edge with ease. There's some plays and I did a, I did the review for dynasty football factory, the film room on YouTube. And I, I pointed out on one play where he kind of gets out in the space and there's like four or five defenders around him. And there's definitely space that if you're quick enough to jump cut outside and like a Jameer Gibbs, hundred percent does it, you know what I mean? And he tries something and kind of just, falls over you know <laughs> and and so again i think that that's just a piece of his game that's lacking that you can't expect from him you know he's more he's just more of a traditional running back than a guy who in my opinion could be a three down back i think he's more of a two down back to be honest now okay. maybe he proves to have the skill set like i don't see a ton of receiving work in his game i don't see that he you know runs routes really well or they put him out there in that you know that position to do that but the offense was terrible. Don't get me wrong. That offense was awful watching it. You can see it's tons of just like wildcat, like tons of oh, wildcats, yeah. right? Like tons of wildcat plays yeah. and, and just stuff that's like not, not a traditional offense that, that you can kind of, you know, work against the defense. They know, they know it's coming. So yeah. it doesn't put him in a position to succeed. Last thing I'll say here is he does have a great ability to make the, the first defender miss often. That's one of his best traits. You see it behind the line. You see it out in the open. But again, I think what the problem is why it's mostly one, the first defender, not the others, is because he doesn't have that elite agility or elusiveness to kind of get out of just like, you know, these impossible situations where you see others do so. He does have his eyes on the second level. So the yak ability is there when he bursts through those holes and kind of gets upfield. He definitely can can break away some big runs. He's a really, he is an elite athlete. It's funny because he is like an absolute rock solid like muscle you know he's fast like but he there's just limitations to his game but that said i do think he has some upside and and he's definitely a guy who in the late second like it's worth it for sure he's just a little bit lower in the in the film grades for me it's nice seeing when you're talking about him being able to avoid like the first tackle maybe not necessarily second tackle but anytime that your film review kind of agrees with what the sheets agree like that's mm-hmm. for me I, it's kind of why we do it this way you know it's a poor man's you know crossroads wherever but uh whenever they kind of line up you know what i'm talking about whenever they line up like okay there's something there there's something there so absolutely no i agree and he just to to give you where he ended up on like the film grades 10th and he's virtually like the same grade as chase brown zach evans and ty j spears right and even those guys are close to you know the other guys ahead of him deuce vaughn sean tucker Devin A. Chain, Jameer Gibbs, Zach Charbonnet, and then Bijan Robinson. That's how it, that's how it went. But there's you know four or five guys there that are very close. So with DC with landing spot, he could shoot himself up in my rankings very very quickly to the you know the early second round. I think. All right. Anything else you want to talk about? Oh no. Oh my god. We got to save something for next week, don't we? Yeah. Well, next week I'll be drinking my ties on the beach in Mexico. But uh, you know maybe maybe I can hop on the phone you. and hit you guys with Cabana. I don't know. We'll yeah, see. just just a real quick one. You don't need to stay on. Just hey, check me out, and then deuces. <laughs> it would be good. It's good. That's what we want to see. The listeners need it. They want it. I might have to do that. I might have to. I, I'm very white. I'm gonna have to, you know, tan a couple of days. But uh, 
come on, man. Just lay out there. It's it's easier. But like you said, my ties on the beach. You don't need to do much. That's right. That's right. That's the plan, at least. Yeah, that's it. Join the Discord. Come on. Join the Discord. Yes. Hop in. Uh, Hop in. Uh, subscribe to DFF YouTube channel. Uh, Billy's out there making these shorts, doing yeah. really good work. I kind of missed the Bigsby one, so I had to make him do it twice. But, you know, he's a man of the people. If you want more Bigsby content, go check it out. It's actually a good one. Uh, and I got Jaden Reed coming soon. Cool. Uh, shout out to David Kingston, listener in the Discord channel. He actually suggested I do that on Twitter. If anybody wants any done, I've been reaching out on Twitter, so you can hit me up. And I'm just kind of going through as many, you know, as many as I can. But if you want to see one, I'll toss them in there before I get to somebody I want to see. Awesome. Thanks, everyone, for giving us a listen to this week's of Dynasty Underdog. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Underdog, at Uriah Dawkins at Willie Beeman DFF and at Josh M. Goldberg 92. And yeah, hit us up in the Discord. It's, it's fun. And free. Have a good night, guys. Later.